Welcome to Viewpoints Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me a great pleasure to welcome, as always, to What's Making News, our regular co-host, Russell Hanby. How are you, Russ? Good, thanks, Henry. How are you? Even better. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you feed me that line every week. Uh, yes, right. Eh? Yes, I'm surprised you haven't changed your approach, Russell, after all these years. I'll have to think about something a bit different. Yes. Yeah, why don't you start off with even better? I might do. Yeah, throw me. We'll do something similar. I'm sure you'll come up with something. Now, you had some homework. Yes, and so did you. You probably forgot you had the same homework as I did. I might not have. Just test me out. We'll start with uh, your homework first. What were you supposed to do? Uh, well, we had to come up with a, a, a – you mentioned about a red herring last week and it has nothing to do with herrings, etc. And you said, could I come up with a, perhaps a saying or – I think they're called idioms, actually, or cliches. But uh, which, which would you think it would be, idiom or cliché? Well, uh, an idiom – idioms are the ones that are not to be taken literally more than a, a cliché is more of a, a, a common thought, but it often loses its originality due to, due to long overuse, like someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. That's obvious ones, you see. Yes, well, that's true. So, now you idiom. Mean, yep. Yeah, yep. Well, an idiom might be like a piece of cake or when someone about to do, go on stage, you often tell them to break a leg. You don't really mean it literally, usually, do you? Well, you wouldn't have thought so. What do you mean when you say break a leg? It uh, means you do very well and uh, good luck, I think, you know, maybe go well. Yeah, it's the opposite of what you're really saying, isn't it? Well, break. It, it often is. It, it often is. It often is. That's true. That is so true. And another one, uh, there's quite, I looked up to a few of them, but another one, the elephant in the room is a good one, isn't it? We talk about when a group of people are meeting and no one's bringing up a topic that uh, is on everyone's mind. That's the elephant in the room. So what ones did you come up with? Well, <laughs> well they were the ones. These oh, are yeah, I thought they were examples. They're my examples, yeah. Oh, they're your examples. All right, my examples. Pictures paint a thousand words. Yeah, that's a good one, yes. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it means that uh, a picture can actually tell more than the written. Think of the, the Mark Knight uh, cartoons as an example. Yeah. He's, he's very good, and in, in his small cartoon, you'd write a page or more to get the same effort, effect, wouldn't you? Yeah, a visual image is more descriptive than words. You put it, in, uh, you put it very, very well. Um, don't put all your eggs in a basket. Yes, that's in another one, one basket. What's yes. that mean? Oh, well, it means you don't uh, concentrate in all your efforts in one area. Uh, an idea comes to mind when you're making investments. A balanced portfolio is much better than putting it all in a risky single thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Here's another one, and I'm sure you would never have done this, spill the beans. It doesn't actually mean you spill the beans, does it? No, it means you... Uh, you, you tell the secret or something that's hidden you, you actually divulge uh, usually what has been kept secret, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Here's one that would have got to you, I'm sure. Um, one for the road. <laughs> Hope you didn't do that uh, and, and exceed the, the limit. No, it usually goes back uh, back in the days uh, when we could have a – when people used to have what they call a traveller. Do you remember the traveller? Mm. Uh, that's when – that was even more than one for the road. That was on the road with it, with you in the in the car. I think that's frowned upon very much by our men in blue, aren't, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and the last but, one uh, here that, I, Sorry? I was just going to say, it's usually like at a barbecue and they'd say, oh, I'm, I'm going now. I just had one for the road, meaning a final one. Uh, and here's one that we all were once upon a time, Russell. Some still are. Green as grass. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah uh, but, like a rookie. Yes, green behind the ears is a similar expression, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, Me- meaning that you're a novice at the game and uh, a lot to learn usually. Yes, and one last one. Um, take the fifth. <laughs> Do you know what that means? Oh yes. Uh, you're being a bit euphemistic there, are you? Take the fifth, yes. I'll take the fifth, yes. Fifth, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I suppose, what does that mean? It's an American no, one, I would think. Yes. yes. It's the Fifth yeah. Amendment. Yeah. But they well, say, well, take the fifth. Meaning? Where you, where you That's plead, where it uh, came from. Yeah, where apparently uh, you, don't, you take the fifth to get out of uh, giving evidence on something. Is yeah, that what you, you refuse do? to answer because answering might incriminate or cause problems <laughs> for you. So when you take the fifth, you're virtually in trouble anyway because you're basically admitting that <laughs> if you say anything, uh, you'll be self-incriminating. And, yeah, uh, when, <laughs> it's interesting. When you first mentioned it, I couldn't hear you properly. I thought you were using that Australianism, you know, take the whatever. Oh, right. And here's one last one. Um, a lot of people do this. Sometimes we say they shouldn't do it so much. You're on the fence. Oh yes, where you're not. You, there might be a debate going on, and rather than come out with your own opinion, you're sort of well. On one hand, I do this. On the other, I do that. You, you're not really making a, a definite decision. You know. Yes, you, it could be called indecisiveness in one world. Another world, it could be being very pragmatic and diplomatic. Yes, in and another diplomatic. world, it could be <laughs> cowardice, where you're not <laughs> prepared to risk any flag. So, on the fence can have many reasons for being on the fence, or you could be sitting actually on the fence, and there's a bull on one side. <laughs> and uh, and a tiger on the other. <laughs> What's that yeah. one? There's a there is an idiom for that one where you're perhaps got on the one side a, a raging bull and on the other a tiger and you're on the fence. What's that? What's the idiom to say that one? You're caught between um, the devil and the deep blue, deep blue sea. sea, yeah, or a rock and a hard place, I yeah, suppose. Similar, or, yeah, or like a shag on a rock. <laughs> you sort of <laughs> stuck out there in nowhere. Oh, they're funny. Well, we've and by the way, you will apologise. I did do my homework. Yes, yes, you did. You're yes. surprised. Yes, I didn't know bad. you were going to ask. I didn't know you were going to ask me what it really meant. So that was extra. Now we got a bit of fun. Yes, it's, there's so much we can learn from language and oh, all sorts of things. So we did. We both get a tick for that one. Yeah, and a chip on your shoulder. That's another one, isn't it? Have you got one of those? Uh, not today. No. Not today, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> right. We'll get on with what's making news, Russ. The age cheap CBD parking lure for motorists. You pick this one up. Motorists will be encouraged to return to the central business district of Melbourne. We're talking about in the lead up to Christmas, lured by cheap and easy parking, which is exactly the opposite to what normally is the case when we're not in COVID nineteen time. True. That's right. Yes, particularly with the city of Melbourne. They've got those new bike lanes in Albert Street and various other streets, and they're talking about cutting out back the parking and uh, the congestion tax and all that. But now they want to encourage people to go into the city because they're, they're still fairly deserted uh, compared with pre-COVID days. So they're going to look at the making on-street and off-street parking cheaper, and they're going to revisit the parking meter time limits and, and push for 25% cuts in to the congestion levy. And they're also, on the other hand, going to promote public transport as well. And they're going to speak with representatives from retail, entertainment and hospital groups to discuss, uh, join the discussions with them. What they want to do is to overcome any barriers to people coming to the city to work, dine, shop or go to entertainment. So they think by making it easier to park and uh, cheaper, it will do that. 
It is, as you said, a departure, though, from their 2030 plan to cut traffic passing through the CBD and to repurpose road and parking spaces for pedestrians and, and cyclists. Now, needless to say, uh, some groups are opposing it, like uh, Bicycle Network. They say, I don't know whether the pun was intended or not, but they say the council's backpedalling. Absolutely. It's funny how different circumstances create different uh, different approaches to things, and I guess... Um It'll be interesting to see what happens post-COVID with so many things. And, of course, um, revitalising the centre of the city will be one of those. Um, while we're talking about these things related to that, Russell, something's happened in South Australia, hasn't it? Yes, it's in a six-day lockdown. A six-day lockdown will close much of South Australia as authorities scramble to contain a growing coronavirus cluster. And uh, as we've heard, it's changing now. They had no new cases on Thursday, yesterday, uh, which is very good. But uh, they were urged uh, originally to cancel non-essential trips to Victoria. Well, there's been an update on that. There's no uh, traffic. Uh, They've got a hard border set up for the next 48 hours. No one's to come in from South Australia to Victoria at all, except a medical or freight uh, or a very extreme reason. Uh, that'll go for 48 hours, and on Saturday they'll have to have uh, permits to come here. Uh, and also there'll be mandatory truck testing for people coming into Victoria. Places like Nil and other border places will be set up to test the drivers. So they've got to close borders uh, briefly anyway at the moment. They're hoping that in six days' time it'll all be over. So it'll be interesting to see whether this short, sharp attack will, uh, will work. Absolutely. Well, it's deja vu in some ways, isn't it? You know, um, we thought we were on top of it and now it's only a small outbreak, but it's still an outbreak, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, there's stronger restrictions than we ever had, actually, for this uh, short time. Uh, You can't leave your home for any reason. uh, except one person can shop only for essential items. Uh, There's no outdoor exercise allowed and uh, Mm. schools, Schools, pubs, cafes, workplaces and factories are shut and weddings and funerals cancelled. So they've really said no one's going anywhere. That's it and let's hope that works. When you take a short break, Russ, can you hold the line? Yes, certainly. Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossack. In the middle of a discussion on what's making news this week with my co-host, Russell Hanby. Welcome back, Russ. Thank you, Henry. Did you hold the line while we were off air? Yes, I did. I didn't hang up on you, so that's uh, all right. It's almost an idiom, isn't it? Hold the line. Yeah, it'd be more a truism uh, when we're, say, on landlines and things. It probably goes back to more, doesn't it? Yes, yes, hold the line, yes. Um, It could also mean other things, holding the line. It could be stay steadfast. Yes, yes, that's right. You know, don't sort of don't waver. Keep going with this the job we're doing. Hold yeah. the line. Yeah. Stoic stoicism. Hang in there. That's another <laughs> one. Hang in there. Oh, is there anything that's not an idiom? I don't know. It's probably easier to find non-idioms, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Right, the age, Russell. Working from home may block creativity. This is an interesting one. The surge in people working from home could hinder innovation and sparks of creativity vital for business breakthrough. The Productivity Commission has warned as new figures show wages growth falling to its slowest rate on record. Why would that interfere with creativity and innovation? What's the story behind that? Well, what they're saying is that, as we know, major CBD employers have let many of their staff work from home this year. 
and that's led to a sharp fall in, in public transport. And, and uh, workers communicate using technology with each other more now, with Zoom and other things. Now, there are advantages for that. The parents get more flexibility and there's less time commuting. But they come up with a disadvantage. It's difficult, they reckon, for person-to-person exchanges, which lead to innovation and other breakthroughs, like when you're working shoulder-to-shoulder with someone or a group of people. It's less likely to happen through virtual exchanges. So I suppose there's some merit in that thing, do you think? Well, how, what's their scientific basis for that? Have they done research on that? I mean, you can't claim, claim that, but uh, do they quote any... Have you seen that Productivity no. Commission report in its entirety? No, not really. It's just a sort of an idea. It's, a, it's almost like a, a thought they've come up with, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, well, you're a mathematical science man. I'm sure you'd like to verify that. That could be your work <laughs> the next week, Russell. These Productivity Commission reports are usually very worthy and wordy documents. Somewhere buried in there might be references to some research that you might like to track down for us uh, because I, I don't know. I'm just a sceptic, that's all. What do you yeah. reckon? Well, I, they say that someone's come up with the idea that they want the more people back at work and they're also saying that uh, the um, government-led uh, level the government level for industry self-sufficiency could hold back the recession. Uh, recession. This is because of the breakdown of uh, international trade uh, trade lines we've got at the moment. So, but the main thing is that uh, if you're working from home, you can't sort of come up with these big ideas. Although uh, you, you could argue you're not... I mean, yes, you, you've got that face-to-face interaction with people and you converse directly with them spontaneously, but equally you've got more time for uh, uninterrupted reflection and you could be more creative by having thinking time. I suppose. Probably oh, this, this, on... this needs to be researched, Russell. It I know you're depends. eager to get away between now and <laughs> next week and dust, dust down that Productivity Commission report and find the reference <laughs> that supports <laughs> this. Con- you were hoping to get away from homework, weren't you? It's, conject- <laughs> it's, pretty, well, it's probably someone's right conjecture more than anything, I think, you know. <laughs> oh, but we'd like to verify that, wouldn't we? Yeah. This could it, be it groundbreaking research to, to uh, stop us from doing remote working. It could be. I mean, there are some jobs where you have to be with people to make stuff, don't you? Like uh, yes. when you're inventing, how do you vent things? You're not getting out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. See what you can do. Look, you're one of the best investigative reporters I've come across. Does that butter you up enough? Oh, no. Anyway, I'll, I'll, <laughs> see, I'll see how we go. Yeah. See, no, I mean, it is actually, more seriously, although that's serious, um, if there's truth in that, it does say something that we'd need to address because we're going to be working more from home. And if that's the case, is there any quantifiable and qualitative evidence around that suggests creativity and what sort of creativity, because it covers many bases, is enhanced or diminished by either working with people directly or working indirectly with them via the internet? Yeah, you could almost say it's only been a few months so whether there's enough time to really gauge in a, any longitudinal study of that, isn't there, you know? That was how we started this conversation. Russell, you're <laughs> quoting me now, sort of. But um, look, you, you get your teeth into that one. There's another one. Get your teeth into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean literally get your teeth into it. That, that'd have to be an idiom, wouldn't it? Yes, that'd be one. Yeah. Yes. Um, what does get your teeth into it mean as an idiom? <laughs> oh, get, get stuck into it, I suppose. Yeah, or roll yeah. up your sleeves and get stuck into it. 
Yeah. Uh, you poor thing. You started here thinking you had a free week, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought, oh, with the summer coming on, he might be more lenient, but oh well. <laughs> uh, you know the difference between being a co-host and a lead host, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, start- I'm, start- I'm starting to realise fast, yes. <laughs> Now, what's this? This is actually an interesting one, Russell. Um, we were down in Patagonia last Christmas. Fascinating. Tell us all about it in the Herald Sun, it was. Yeah, it's just a so-so story from the Jurassic Age, thanks to a new fossil unearthed in Patagonia. Scientists believe they have solved the mystery of how the biggest dinosaurs got to grow so tall. And uh, uh, the sauropods, uh, that's the type of... Uh, fossil uh, and that this one they found a fossil you see it includes the various classes like the brontosaurus they towered at 12 meters high now a recent study by the proceedings of the royal society b attributes their stature to a period of violent volcanic activity about 180 million years ago now during the volcanic activity global warming happened due to belching volcano carbon dioxide and the oceans grew acidic into the extinction of sea life. And they say the only surviving plants on land was a group of tall conifer trees with small spiny leaves. Now, examination of the new fossil provides evidence the sauropods first evolved their very long neck to exploit this food source. In other words, they couldn't reach it, so their necks got longer. Now, the fossil belonged to a dinosaur named Bagualia alba, and it weighed more than five tons. So it's sort of evolution... uh, which uh, happened to the dinosaurs, they reckon, and they grew from little necks to big necks. Absolutely. That's uh, fascinating. Well, why didn't they do a monkey trick and climb up the trees if they were little? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm being, I'm obviously, being frivolous Yeah, now. they obviously didn't have claws or hands or whatever. <laughs> well, they could have developed them. No, I'm being ridiculous. Now, that's a fascinating story, though, isn't it? Yes. So it's, it's fascinating to look also at the science of things. Um, mass extinction of life in the seas through the acidic uh, uh, oceans because of the volcanic activity. It shows how the Earth can is a dynamic uh, planet in many ways in terms of um, its environment, isn't it? Yes, and I guess there'll be lots of acids. Sulfuric acid, I suppose, comes from volcanoes a lot of the time, doesn't it? Apparently. Mm. In that New Zealand, that New Zealand one a year or so ago, the big uh, island that the volcano, Absolutely. a lot of sulfuric uh, killed, yes. killed a lot of the tourists, didn't Very it? Very tragic that uh, yeah, volcanoes. Um, and of course, if you go to um, Mount Vesuvius in uh, in Italy, uh, it it has that um, history of Pompeii, doesn't it? Which people yes. go as a tourist attraction. Very um, sad and eerie, really, and weird. Mm. You've been to Pompeii? No, but I, did you say you'd been to Patagonia? I yes, we went there last uh, Christmas. It was a, a January. It was a magnificent wilderness area. Um, that was where Charles Darwin went uh, at some point, and um, it, it inspired some of his research into evolutionary theory. But it's a magnificent wilderness area um, down so there. Where, where is it near? Where Cape Horn. All down oh, there. Yeah, right most, down of there. Most of it's in Chile on the west coast. 
beautiful mountains, lakes, glaciers like you've never seen before, and some incredible wildlife. It's uh, very pristine in many ways, Russell, and uh, untouched in a lot of ways. Um, mm. no, yeah, we, we don't hear about it a lot, do we? Uh, it's not cheap to go there, by the way, so I'm still working. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful wilderness area, Patagonia, the southernmost. Actually, we actually went to Cape Horn too, the southernmost tip of um, South America's, uh, right at the spot. Right uh, at the top, oh, bottom there, yeah. Yeah, bottom, the top of the bottom. It's on a bit of a hill, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very cold, too, in case you weren't aware of that. Right, okay. You haven't been there either? No, no. Ah, where have you been? Oh, I went to Surrey Hills one day. <laughs> I hear you keep out of Wanturna South too. Yeah, I do. You I bypass past that. that. Yeah, yeah, you don't stop in there. No, no, no. No, we, we, yeah. we always stop in Ferntree Gully. Oh, well, it's a, a very scenic if you go up there, yeah. Yes, yes. We've never yet seen the welcome mat out though for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some nice shops. Listen, we're, time's on the wing. The odd spot. I thought you'd like this one. Yeah, I've just read it the first time. I forgot to read it from the paper earlier, so it's all news to me. Indian wildlife officials call him Walker. The three-year-old tiger last year set off from western India on a 3,000-kilometre trek in search of prey or a mate. While the big cat has found a new home with plenty of hunting, he's the only tiger living there. Forest managers are now weighing up whether to move a female tiger to the sanctuary but have warned that it's no easy decision given the size of the sanctuary and its proximity to farmland. So uh, there's our wandering tiger. A wandering tiger, yes. You think they? You think the tiger's missing a mate? Well, I don't know. After 3,000 K, I, I don't know if he's missing one, but he, he hasn't had one in a while, has he, I don't no, suppose? No, no, interesting. <laughs> of course, they've got all the challenge there. If they do start breeding them there, if they're near farms, that creates other issues, doesn't it? Potentially. Yes. Yes, mm. oh. so it's a bit of a bit of a conundrum. Paul. Yes, it is a conundrum. That's not an idiom, is it? No, no, it's just <laughs> a big word. A big word I like to trot out, you know. That's right. Like um, what was that famous one? Califragilisticexpialidocious. You ever tried spelling that? No, I, no, I haven't. Well, we won't. No. Leave, no, you've got enough homework reading that Productivity <laughs> Commission report. We'll save that one up for another yeah. another week. Which do you think it'd be easier to spell that word or dig up this Productivity Commission report on innovation and creativity doing remote work? Which do you think would be uh, easier? I think the spelling one because it's almost <laughs> it's almost phonetic. You could almost say it. You know, <laughs> you could. So we'll give you the hard one, <laughs> the tough one. You're you you you're up for it, Russ. I know you. Well, I, I may not get very far, but we'll see. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so cruel. I don't know why you put up with me, Russell. My productivity may wane as I look at it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that one thank you that was Russell Hanby listeners he's a, he's a great scout and he's put up with me for a long time he actually tutored me right at the beginning so <laughs> he's got a lot to answer for I think this is his punishment he trained me to become a person on radio and now this is his thanks I, 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 I should be um, disappointed in myself look you have a great weekend uh, Russell and uh, we'll catch you next week yeah we'll look forward to it yeah take care that was Russell Hanby what's making news listeners we'll take a short break don't go away 